devil don't like it cause we Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Just remain standing for just a moment. For all you white people, that's called soul. Amen. Praise the Lord. So good to see. How many of you are glad to be here? Amen. Amen. How many would rather be here than in hell? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want us to pray together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's great to see you. How many of you would say tonight, Scott, I am hungry and thirsty for a deeper walk with God? I'm hungry and thirsty for the power of God to rest upon my life. I'm hungry and thirsty for a move of God in my own life and in our church and in all the community here, the parish. How many Christians would say, I'm hungry for more of God? Let me see your hand all over this building. I think that's all of us. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit tonight to come and move among us in power. And we thank you for the hunger that you have placed in our heart. And Lord, we pray that you would fan that flame into a raging fire. And Lord, our country needs revival. America 
Lord, our parish, our state, our churches. But Lord, what needs to begin right here tonight. And so, Father, move in the heart of every person in this room who knows you and loves you and hungers for you. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Just say his name out loud, church. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you so much. And you may be seated. God bless you. Well, what an honor and a joy it is to get to be here with you tonight. And I wish every community in America would have a common ground and would all come together. I think it could revolutionize our church and it could revolutionize our country, our families. And so I want to commend you and all the pastoral leadership. As a matter of fact, if you're a pastor and you're here tonight, stand, would you? All the men of God, the women of God, all the pastors in the house, let's give the Lord a hand for these servants of the Most High God. Amen. And uh, thank God for you and for your ministries and thank you for the invitation to get to be here. I'm very humbled. I'm very honored. You know, my wife's name is Gina. And so on Friday morning as I was leaving, I had to go to Shreveport and see some of our board members and have a meeting. And I kissed my wife, Gina, and I said, honey, I'm headed to Gina. And she said, well, just as long as you stick with Gina, it'll be all right. And so I'm glad to be here in Gina, Louisiana, and I love you. Pray for our ministry. I'll be in Canada next week, and then I'll be in Connecticut, and then I'll be in Russia. And I want you to pray. There's a great move of God in Russia among young people. And we're seeing thousands and thousands of young people across the nation. But there's great persecution and great opposition because the president of Russia has labeled all groups that are not connected with the Orthodox Church as cults and heretics. And so they're making it very difficult. And yet, in spite of the persecution, God is moving in a powerful way. Amen. Listen, you cannot stop a move of God. And uh, then I'll be in Mississippi. They need Jesus. Amen. And I'll be there in Forest in the high school football stadium for four nights, be praying. And so I want to just say something about the offering that we took a moment ago. I want to say one thing, thank you. Thank you. Because I cannot do what God has called me to do and go where God has called me to go. This year, 35 states, six different nations, and more and more doors are opening. There's a great hunger and a great revival that's taking place around the world. Don't ever judge what the Spirit of God is doing based only what you see going on in America. Because I've been in countries. I was in India, and I was there five weeks, and in five weeks over 10,000 Hindus and Muslims came to Christ. I preached in one church, listen, I preached in one church on one Sunday that had 58,000 people in one church eight services and in that one day it's the largest church one of the largest churches the largest assemblies of god church and of course i preach in baptist and methodist and assemblies of god and i'll preach anywhere they'll let me preach but this church just so happened to be an assemblies of god church 
And in one service, or in one day, eight services, 6,000 Hindus and Muslims came to Christ. So God is moving around the world, and we're praying that that will happen here. Amen. And I, I tell you, uh, Gina is a candidate for a miracle. Anytime that you have pastors who are willing to put aside their own agendas and come together, and Christians who are willing to lay down the things that have divided us. Listen, the things that unite us are far greater than the things that have divided us. Now, I want you to take your Bible tonight, and I'm not going to preach long. I do want to give the Holy Spirit of God time to move, and so I'm going to preach very a short, brief message. I'll tell you what Elizabeth Taylor told her eighth husband. I won't keep you long, but I want you to listen tonight. Acts chapter number one, and look at verse number four. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. How many have a Bible? Let me see your Bibles all over this place. How many of you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Amen. From cover to cover. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. And of course, these are the words that Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven. And so these are very important words. He's meeting with his followers. And there are at least 120 of them. And this is what he says to them. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But wait. He said, I've got a great job for you to do, so hurry up and wait. He said, stay in the city of Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with or filled with, or the Spirit of God will come upon you not many days from now. In other words, listen, Jesus is saying, I have a job for you to do, but you cannot do it without my power. Amen. And so wait. And he called this the baptism of the Spirit, or some people call it the filling of the Spirit, or the endowment with power. doesn't matter what you call it. We need to quit fussing and fighting over what to call it. We need to get it. Amen. The power of God to transform the world, to transform a community. And therefore, verse number 6, they said, Is this the time? Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel and he said to them it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority let me put that in Texas I'm from Texas and we talk real straight so let me tell you in the Texas way of saying it Jesus said that ain't none of your business don't be preoccupied with times and seasons but you shall receive power I have a job for you to do. Now Jesus is going to come back and he could come back at any moment. Amen. Sometimes I just walk around my house going like this. I'll just walk around and my kids say, Dad, what are you doing? And I say, rapture practice. Amen. I mean, Jesus is coming back. He could come at any moment. 
But we're not to be preoccupied with his coming. We're to occupy until he comes. Amen. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, here's how you know it. You'll become bold witnesses. You'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Bold witnesses because of the power and the baptism and the anointing and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? I think for many of us, the Holy Spirit is the Cinderella of the Trinity. We know a lot about the Father. And we pray, our Father, who art in heaven. And of course, we're centered on Jesus. And Jesus is our message. Christ and Him crucified. And yet many of us seem to know very little about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, someone has said that if the sin of the Old Testament was an ignorance of God the Father... And if the sin of the New Testament was an ignorance of God the Son, Jesus, you remember what the Bible says in the Old Testament? The Father said, my people are perishing because they do not know me. So the sin of the Old Testament was an ignorance of God the Father. And then the Bible says, Jesus came unto his own and his own didn't even recognize who he was. They received him not. And so the sin of the people of God in the Old Testament was a ignorance and a rejection of God the Father. And the sin in the New Testament was an ignorance and a rejection of God the Son. And surely our sin today must be an ignorance and I think sometimes a subtle rejection of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And yet, Jesus said you can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. You can't even be saved without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus called the new birth the birth of the Spirit. He said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so it's impossible for you to be saved apart from the drawing, the regenerative power, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And yet that's where many Christians just stop. They have enough of the Holy Spirit in them to get them to heaven when they die and yet they know there's something lacking that there's a there's a power we read about the church in the book of acts and by the way listen to me everything god did in the book of acts he wants to do today god's not dead he ain't even sick he's powerful he still saves. He still heals. He still sets people free. Amen. Come on, church. The truth is, the average church in America, I don't care if it's a Pentecostal or a Baptist or a Methodist, the average church in America doesn't have enough spiritual power to blow the fuzz off a peanut. Our services start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. And people come to our churches and they never experience the power of God. They never see the power of God. They come in, everything's down on the bulletin. We sing a few songs, pass the plate, take up an offering, listen to the preacher, and walk out as if the, nothing had ever happened. And that's exactly what happens many times. Nothing. And as a result, our communities 
are languishing in spiritual darkness while all the while Jesus said when the spirit of God comes upon you you'll receive such power that you will literally transform the world and turn it right side up and that's what happens in the book of Acts amen now don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit amen because the Holy Spirit is a person did you know that the Holy Spirit is not an it the Holy Spirit is not simply an influence or a force one of the most popular movies a couple of years ago was Star Wars and of course they have many episodes and they talk about the force may the force be with you but the Holy Spirit is not a force the Holy Spirit is a person amen Matter of fact, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit doing things that only a person can do. He teaches us. He guides us. He indwells us. He speaks to us. Matter of fact, listen to me. The Holy Spirit still speaks to people today. Amen. He speaks in many ways. He speaks when you read the Bible. And you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden it becomes more than black ink on white paper. It's as if the Holy Spirit is setting the author of the Scripture. You know, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Scripture. Amen. Forty different human authors over a period of 1,500 years in three different languages from three different continents and yet one ultimate author and that is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says men of old moved as they were spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. So the same Spirit of God that moved over the face of the deep and brought cosmos out of chaos and brought organization out of disorder and breathed and moved over that original creation, the same Spirit who blew and the Red Sea was parted into the same Holy Spirit that moved over the womb of a virgin named Mary and produced the very Son of God in her womb. The same Spirit that hovered over a tomb so that the Son of God came walking out. That same Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's a person. Have you spoken to Him lately? I don't like all of this theology, but... Benny Hinn wrote one great book with a great title, and the name of that book was Good Morning Holy Spirit. And what he was saying is that the Holy Spirit is a person, and you can speak to him every day. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants to guide the church. Let me tell you something, Pastor. I love you with all my heart. I was a pastor for 20 years. I planted two churches, pastored two mega churches. I know what it is to be a pastor, but can I just tell you something? The church over which God has set you does not belong to you. It belongs to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Deacons, listen. I know we got a lot of deacon-possessed churches. Amen. But I want to remind you, deacons, that the church does not belong to you. The church belongs to the Spirit of God. The church belongs to Jesus who bought it with his own blood. And it really doesn't matter what your agenda is for the church. What matters is what's his agenda. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person, but the Holy Spirit is also God. He's the third member of what we call the the Trinity or the Godhead. And I know there's a lot of confusion even in this area about the nature of God. 
Let me spell it out to you from the Bible. There is one God who eternally exists in three separate but equal persons whom we call the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Father is not the Son and the Son is not the Spirit and the Spirit is not the Father but the Father is God and the Son is God and the Spirit is God and these three are one. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches. You say, explain that to me. I can't. It's beyond, if I could explain that, I'd be God. But I can't even explain how black cows eat green grass and have white milk. But I like milk, but I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can flip a switch and all the lights come on. But I'm not going to sit in the darkness because I don't understand electricity. And I sure don't understand my wife. But we've been married 31 years, have four kids and a grandson. And I love her with all my heart. And I can't understand God. But this is who God has revealed himself to be. The Holy Spirit is God. And that's why... If you're saved, how many of you are saved? Let me see your hand. If you're saved, God lives in you. That's why it doesn't matter where we meet. This has tonight become a sanctuary. It's a high school auditorium tomorrow, but right now it's a Holy Ghost sanctuary where the spirit of God indwells the people of God and inhabits the praises of God. Amen. The people of God. And it wouldn't matter where we met. We could meet under a tent or we could meet in the stadium or we could meet in the gym like we did last year or we could meet under a brush arbor or we could meet in a beautiful cathedral or we could meet in a little storefront. It does not matter. Listen to my friend. Buildings do not matter. We put too much emphasis on buildings. And we think if we build a great building, you know our churches in America, let me preach to you for a minute. Excuse me for preaching, but I got a license. Amen. We've depended on everything in the world except the power of the Holy Spirit. And we think if we have a beautiful edifice that that will reach people. Or if we have a celebrity preacher. Or if we have wonderful programs. Or if we build a gym. And so we have all of our celebrity preachers and we have all of our buildings and most of them have high steeples and few peoples. And what's happening in America, I don't know if you know this or not, but 86% of the churches in America, the attendance has plateaued or it's in decline. That means that 24% of the churches in America are growing, 24%, but out of that 24%, half of that growth is transfer of membership growth. So here's what's happening, and you know what I'm talking about because it happens right here. Somebody gets mad at their preacher for whatever reason, and so they just leave and go to another church because another church has a better gym or they have a better program or they think the preacher's better. And so they go there and they stay there for a while until they get mad there and then they go here and then they go there. And all we're doing is swapping sheep with each other. And while Jesus has called us to be fishers of men, most of us are keepers of the aquarium. 
Well, 12% of the churches in America are growing through evangelism, but 9 out of percent out of that 12%, 9% is biological growth. You know what that means? It's just our kids and our grandkids who are getting saved and getting baptized. Now, I thank God for that. I have four kids. They're all saved. They're all serving God, and that's the way it ought to be. But here's the bottom line. Only 3% of the churches in America are having an impact on those outside of the four walls of the church. And I won't tell you why. Because we lack the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have grieved the Holy Spirit. Did you know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? Did you know when your attitude is not right with your husband or your wife or with a fellow church member, that it grieves the Holy Spirit? Now, he doesn't leave you, but he's grieved The word grieve literally means to cause a broken heart. And it's as if the Holy Spirit, listen, listen to me. He does not leave you. Thank God we don't have to pray what David prayed in the Old Testament. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Thank God he does not leave us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. He does not leave us. God doesn't kick us off the team just because we fumble the ball. But I want to tell you what happens. He's grieved. He's grieved. And there's a sense, that's why the Holy Spirit is pictured as a dove in the Bible. Because he's very sensitive. You don't, listen to me, you can break the heart of the Holy Spirit. By the words you say, by your attitude, you can resist the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit as a church. And I want to tell you how you quench the Holy Spirit. When you demand that you have church your way. When you dictate, this is the way that it has to be. And this is the way we do it here. And what the Holy Spirit says, okay, well, if you want to do it that way, y'all just go ahead without me. And as a result, there's no power. And people walk into our churches and they leave the same way they were before they came to our church. When all the while the Holy Spirit's power is available to us and the Holy Spirit is eager and willing to fill you, to come upon you. Now there's a difference between the Holy Spirit living in you and the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon you. I want everybody to listen to what I just said. You can be indwelled by the Holy Spirit and be saved and yet be very carnal and be very self-controlled and self-will and live your life for yourself and that's the way peter was before the day of pentecost do you remember how peter was he was always open mouth insert foot he was always going off half cock he tried to murder somebody in defense of jesus he denied jesus three times with an oath but after pentecost peter was never the same he was filled with the power of the holy spirit Now, how does that happen in your life? And I'm finished. And then I just want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You must come to a point in your life where you are very dissatisfied with your present level of spiritual spiritual power. You must come to the point in your life like I did several years ago. I had a very prominent ministry. By the time I was in my mid-twenties, I was already preaching at the largest Southern Baptist churches in America. 
I worked for Dr. W.A. Criswell, was on his staff, later worked for Dr. Billy Graham. I was seeing thousands of young people saved, and yet I had bitterness in my heart because of circumstances that I'd gone through as a child, and I tended to be very prideful and egotistical, and there was an anger on the inside of me. Much of what I did, I must confess to you tonight, my motives were not always right. And I battled with my flesh. Now, I loved the Lord with all my heart, and I was saved, but I knew there was something missing. I'd read the book of Acts, and I'd see how God moved so powerfully in the lives of those early Christians, and then I'd go to the average church that I was preaching at, and it was nothing like what I read about in the book of Acts, believe me. I saw churches, listen to me, we've all seen churches fuss and fight. Some of the meanest people I've ever met in my life go to church every Sunday, full of the devil. We've run off preachers. We've disgraced the gospel in the community. And I knew that wasn't right. I knew there was something missing in my own life and in the life of many of the churches. They had their great buildings and they had their great programs and they had their great ministries and yet there seemed to be no real power And so I began to pray, God, fill me or kill me. God, fill me or kill me. Because I don't want to live another day. Now, the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. And yet I began to yearn for what D.L. Moody, I read the story of D.L. Moody. You ever read about D.L. Moody? He was the Billy Graham of his day, the Moody Bible Institute. He was a great evangelist. And he said he preached and hundreds got saved and then he had an impactful encounter with the Holy Spirit. He called it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what you call it. But he said from that day forward, his life and his ministry were never the same. And God began to use Moody in ways that he never dreamed imaginable. Can I just tell you something? Everybody look right here. God wants to use you in ways that right now you cannot even fathom it. Most of us are satisfied just to be spectators. We go like it's a sporting event and we sit in the stands and pay our admission and then we watch everybody down on the field play and we applaud when our team does good and we complain when our team does bad. God wants you to get off your blessed assurance and get on your feet and get in the game. Amen. He wants to use you. Woo! He wants to use you. But he'll never be able to use you if you're not full of the Holy Ghost. You see, you're either full of you or you're full of Jesus. Your life is either supernatural or it's superficial. You're either just somebody that goes to church and loves the Lord and would go to heaven if Jesus came back tonight, but there's no real dynamic power. There's no boldness. The Bible says the the righteous, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, are bold as a lion. And I look out and see a bunch of pussycats. 
The devil is running over most Christians like a smooth road. He's destroying our marriages. He's destroying our children. He's destroying our churches. And we're just sitting around saying, when's Jesus going to come back? And I think Jesus is saying, listen, I've poured out my spirit on you. And get up and rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. Most of us say, when's Jesus going to come back and take us out of this mess? And Jesus is saying, why don't you get up and change this mess? in the power of the Holy Ghost. You say, I can't do that. I know you can't, but he can in you by the power of his spirit. Amen? He can change your high school. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. Her name's Maddie, and she's a three-sport all-star. With college opportunities, go play college volleyball right here maybe at LC. She's been given an opportunity to play college volleyball. But you know what's most important to Maddie? Last year, Maddie led a Mormon, a, an atheist, a Muslim, and 20 other friends to Jesus at her public high school in Texas because she's full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I was in a crusade. I'm talking about the power of God resting on your life. You say, well, that's what we pay the preacher for. He's the man of God. No, 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 no. You know what the pastor's job is? It is to equip you to do the works of Jesus. Jesus said, he who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I go to my Father, and I'm going to pour out my Spirit on my people. That means when you go to Walmart and you're in tune with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost says, see that lady over there? I want you to go over there and here's what I want you to tell her. I know she's going through a hard time, but Jesus says he loves her and Jesus has not forgotten her. And I want you to give her an opportunity to get her heart right and give her heart to me. And, and you just say, Jesus, I know that looks weird and I don't really want to do that in my flesh, but I'm going to go in the power of the Holy Spirit and a miracle takes place. Amen. I was in a crusade in Pampa, Texas in the panhandle and I heard that there was a girl who was a 7th grade girl, red-headed, freckle-faced girl who brought 54 of her friends to Jesus in that week from her junior high school. And I said, man, i got to meet her. 1,200 people were saved in four nights in the football stadium in that old county. It shook that county. And I said, i got to meet this little red-headed, freckle-faced girl. And they brought her to me and she smiled. And I said, did you win 50-something of your friends to Jesus this week and she said yes sir I did the Lord used me and I said weren't you afraid of the peer pressure and she said I am the peer pressure amen I mean she was full that's what I'm praying for you I'm praying that you will rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and if a mosquito bit you it fly away singing there's power in the blood amen I mean full of Jesus But i got to ask you a question. Are you hungry? Huh? Because if you're not hungry and thirsty, and if you just want to keep on playing church and going to church and being a good Baptist or being a good Methodist or being a good Pentecostal or being whatever you are, if that's as far as you want to go with God, then God will honor your request. But Jesus said, if you being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your kids. 
How much more will the Father pour out the Holy Ghost on those who ask him? Now, don't you be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not poured out upon us to make us odd for God. Amen? I mean, that's not what it's about. The Holy Spirit's not interested in a lot of things that some people are interested in. What the Holy Spirit is interested in is so saturating you and so filling you and so controlling you and so empowering you that when people see you tomorrow, they take a double take and they say, man, you're different. See, I want to tell you something. I'm finished. Gina is not impressed with a bunch of Baptists. People around here have seen Baptists forever. They don't care about Baptists. You think, I want to tell you something. If half our Baptist churches closed down, and I can say this because I'm an ordained Baptist minister. Somebody asked me, what would you be if you weren't a Baptist? I said, I'd be ashamed. Amen. I mean, I know what it is to be a Baptist. I've preached at the Southern Baptist Convention. That's as Baptist as you can get. But if half of our Baptist churches shut down tomorrow, most of the people in this parish wouldn't even know it. Because we're not making any difference. And I think it's the same for most churches. Most churches need the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is willing. He's able. He's ready. If we'll fall on our face and say, I want everything, I want it all. Amen. Come on. Come on. You're never going to be fulfilled until you're filled full. Amen. I want it all. And if that's you, I want you to get up out of your seat right now and come find a place you can kneel across the front of this altar. Come right now. If you're here and you're saved, but you're not satisfied and you're hungry and you're thirsty, I want you to get up right now and come find a place you can kneel across the front of this auditorium and say, God, I want it all. I want you to fill me. I want you to control me. I want you to use me. I want you to empower me. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it costs. Lord, I want to see revival. I need your power. I need your boldness upon my life. Come on right now from all over this place. I'm not asking you to come down here and have an experience. I'm coming to you asking you to come down here and empty yourself out of you so that you can be filled with everything that Jesus is. Come on from all over this place. Just find a place you can come and kneel. And draw a circle around yourself. And say, Holy Ghost, fill everything in this circle. Come on, from all over this place. If you're satisfied with where you are, then you'll never go any further. You'll never experience anything else. But if there's a hunger, listen, this is for people who have a raging hunger deep down inside of them. Jesus said, from your innermost being, from your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The reason we need rivers of living water flowing out of us is because there is a dry and thirsty world out there. And they need a drink. And the only way they'll ever get a drink is if the Jesus who is in you in the person of the Spirit of God comes flowing and rushing out of you like a rushing mighty wind, a rushing river. And it's yours. 
If you see somebody down here that's a friend, don't let them be down here by themselves. Why don't you just get up? Matter of fact, I think it'd be wonderful if whole churches just came and knelt together as a church and said, God, pour out your spirit on our church. Come on right now. If your pastor is down here, it's because he desperately desires a move of God in your church. Why don't you get up and come find your pastor and kneel around him and say, Pastor, we're with you. We're with you. We want to see a move of God in our community, Pastor. Only way we'll ever have a revival is if we let the Holy Ghost be in charge. We've been in charge long enough. We need the Holy Spirit of God. And we must forsake our sins. If there's anything in your life that's not right, listen to me. If there's an attitude, if there are habits... If there are activities that you're involved in, if there's unforgiveness and bitterness, some of you might need to go to somebody else in this room. You used to go to church with them a long time ago. Y'all had a disagreement. You left. You've never made things right. Let me tell you, you've grieved the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never fill you until you get that right. Some of you need to get right with your own mom and dad, your own husband, your own wife, your pastor. You just need to say the hardest words to say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, I need you to forgive me. And if there are things in your life that are not right, listen, God will use an ignorant person, he'll use a backward person, I'm proof of that. Man, I got saved in a jail cell, I was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and a criminal. God will use those kind of people. There's only one kind of people that God will not use, and it's pride. God will not use a proud person, and God will not use a rebellious person. If there are unconfessed sin in your life, that's like a dam that is blocking the flow of the river of God. You've got to get that right. Are you right with God? Are you right with God? If Jesus came back right now, would you be ready to meet him? Are you right with God? If you're not, get out of your seat and get down here at this altar and get on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Lord, cleanse me. Forgive me. And then... You must be willing to live your life for God. God's not going to fill anybody with His Holy Spirit if they have their own agenda. You must be willing to be sold out even if it costs you your life. Jesus said when the Spirit comes, you'll be witnesses. You know what that word witnesses is in the Greek? It is the same word we usually translate martyr. You'll be willing to lay down your life You won't shut up talking about Jesus even if they kill you. And that's what they did to those early disciples. They killed them like they're killing people in India. And they're killing people in the Soviet, former Soviet Union in Russia. They're killing them because they will not shut up because they're full of the Holy Spirit. And then you must ask by faith the Holy Spirit to fill you. It's not the feeling of the Holy Spirit. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's by faith you receive the power of the Holy Spirit by faith just like you received Jesus. When you said, Jesus, come into my heart, you did it by faith. And Jesus answered your prayer and he came to live in you by the person of the Holy Spirit. And now you're asking that same Holy Spirit to fill you, to control you, to baptize you. You're asking Jesus to baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer tonight. 
Some of you are not physically able to come. That's all right. The Spirit of God can encounter you right there where you are. The Spirit of God is here. He's here to fill people. He's here to save. He's here to deliver. He's here to heal. But I want to voice a prayer for those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those who want to be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, if you're hungry for more, lift your hands toward heaven. What you're saying is, Lord, I want to receive. I want to receive what you have for me. And pray this prayer with me. Everybody in the building, wherever you are, if you need a fresh touch of the Spirit of God, lift your hands. I I preached this message at Liberty University. There were 10,000 students at the Vine Center. The altar call went on for three hours. And Dr. Falwell told me later, that was a turning point at our university. Because so many students. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Lift your hands and pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit of God, I want all of you. I want you to fill me and control me. I want you to give me boldness to be a witness. I want your gifts to be manifested in my life for your glory Jesus fill me say this Jesus baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit and make me a bold witness and then Lord I pray for revival to come just begin to pray I pray for a revival to come and sweep Gina and I pray it sweep the whole parish And I pray it touch the high school, the middle school, the business community. Just come, Spirit of God. 